have a Bible, go in your Bible to Genesis chapter 17. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can find it on your digital device there, or we'll have it on the screen in just a moment. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. Last week we began talking about the walking miracle. And I was explaining the simplicity of the fact that God wants you to walk into the victories and breakthroughs in your life in this season. There are some times it seems like every inch has to be fought for with struggle. But God has spoken over us a walking miracle. Say amen, somebody. He said, you're going to walk into it. The Israelites were in Egypt for 400 years. They couldn't walk out of that bondage. They couldn't get out of that bondage. They had no strength to do so. But then God spoke, and when God spoke, when God raised up his hand on their behalf, they walked out of Egypt. Did you hear that? They just walked out of Egypt. And not only did they walk out of Egypt, that they walked out with 400 years worth of back pay. Come on, somebody. When God decides to move, no one can stop him. Did you hear that, Kingsway Church? I said, when God decides to move, no one can stop him. And then we saw that they walked into the promised land. When the, the soles of the feet of the priests touched the Jordan River, that Jordan River which was swelling at its, uh, as its flood season stopped flowing, and they walked across that flooded river plain on dry ground, and they entered the promised land walking. How are you going to enter into your promised land in this season? How are you going to enter into the promises of God? How are you going to get into the place of success and victory? Somebody say it. You're going to be a walking miracle. Can I tell you this morning? Relax. Tell your neighbor, relax. Just relax. Rest. Rest in God. God said to Abram, and Abraham received the word of God. Uh, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. Now, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I want to use this as a subject this morning, walking with God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning because you have spoken by your spirit over this church in these last two months. And as we enter into the month of March, we anticipate greater works and greater things to come. I stand in this pulpit with reverence and fear before you. And I ask you to anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint this congregation that they might hear the word and receive it by faith. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. How are you going to go in? Say it again. How are you going to go in? The Bible tells us about men that walked with God. In fact, uh, I'll just do a little summary uh, as we arrive at Genesis 17. Prior to Genesis 17, there are several men that the Bible gives witness to that they walked with God. The first one we find in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, it says that God walked in the Garden of Eden. Now, I want you to just imagine this, that Adam, the first man, had the privilege, the opportunity to be able to walk with God. Adam was created sinless. He was created perfect. That meant there was nothing to keep him out 
of the presence of God, and that's really the thing that keeps all people out of the presence of God, is sin. But Adam was created sinless, and so he walked with God, and the Bible said that he walked with God in the cool of the day. That word cool literally is the word ruach in the Hebrew, which means breath or spirit. That means that Adam walked in the spirit of God. And this is the, 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 the thing God wanted for all mankind to enjoy with him forever. To be able to enjoy him, fellowship with him, and walk with him. And what we understand about Adam's walk is that it was a walk in the rest of God. He walked in the rest of the Lord. The Bible said God created the earth, created the world, uh, uh, the universe in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. And that seventh day became known as the Sabbath, the day of rest. That day of rest didn't end for God. God is still at rest. Say amen, somebody. When you get into trouble, God doesn't panic. God is in a permanent Sabbath. He is in a permanent rest. And Adam was in that rest with God. Every day, every, uh, every moment of Adam's life and Eve's life were in the rest of God. There was no fear. There was no panic. There was no sin. There was no anxiety. They were in the perfect rest of God. Sin came into the world because of their rebellion. And they were cast out of the garden. And so then they lost the rest of God. They lost the ability to just relax and enjoy the finished works of God. And so as you continue to see the movement of the Bible, we see that God gives Israel a Sabbath day, a day of the week in which they enter into rest, a reminder that those who walk with God walk in rest. Then Jesus came and he said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And then he also said, if any man uh, is weary or tired, he said, come unto me, I'll give you rest. And so when you and I walk with God, Friends, we walk in the rest of God. We walk in a place and a position of rest with God so that you don't have to work your way in to a miracle. You know there are some doors that you've been trying to open. There are some opportunities you've been trying to create. And you've been trying to create them or open them in your own strength and in your own power. God says you're not going to push your way in. You're not going to fight your way in. You're going to rest your way in. You're going to walk into it. Say amen, somebody. Then we go a little further in chapter 5 of Genesis, and the Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God. And he had a testimony that he walked with God. The Bible said that Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. I imagine it kind of like this. God shows up at Enoch's house one day and says, Enoch, let's go for a walk. And God and Enoch walked with uh, walked a lot. Apparently, he was a man who walked in the spirit of God because he was a God-fearing man. And this is how, kind of how I see it. They're walking down the road, and then God just puts his arm over and, and squeezes Enoch a little bit too tight, and bam, he's in heaven for all eternity. Never died, just disappeared off the face of the earth. And there we discover that those who walk with God walk in fellowship with God, that there is a fellowship that can be had with the Creator. Can I tell you, friends, there's a day coming when those who walk with God are going to disappear off of this earth. Say amen, somebody. We're going to be ruptured into the presence of Jesus, and we anticipate that day with great hope. Say amen if you're waiting for Jesus. Enoch walked with God, and he had a testimony that he walked with God. That meant people knew when they saw him, when they, lived, they saw him live his life, they realized that man is walking with God. 
That man is a godly man, a man who practices what he preaches. You read a little further then, and we arrive at Genesis chapter 6, and the Bible says that Noah walked with God. And the characteristic of Noah was that he was a just man. He was a righteous man. He was a man who, who drew a straight line. He knew how to live a righteous life. How many of you want to live a righteous life? You say, Pastor, I don't know how to live a righteous life. And friend, that's all right if you don't know how to live a righteous life. Because when you walk with God, God will, God will make you into a righteous man. God will form your character and your nature to become righteous. Say amen, somebody. God can take a crooked stick and make it straight. Say amen, somebody. God can take a, a crooked way and make it right. He can take a man who's, who's not able to do anything and make him righteous if you will walk with God. And you'll be hopelessly trying to make yourself good or to make yourself righteous without God. The only way to live righteous is to walk with God. Then we arrive in Genesis chapter 17. We read about Abraham. And the Bible says that at the age of 99 years old, God spoke to Abraham, to Abram. And he said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I want you to think about Abraham for a minute because he's, he's 99 years old now. That means that 24 years ago, he started walking with God. How many of you have been walking with God for 24 years or more? Raise your hand. Isn't that exciting to know that you have spent more than two and a half decades with God? Some of you walked three decades with God. I've, I've been walking with the Lord about 32 or 33 years, and that's a long time, but no, Abraham walked with God not just 24 years, but if you read the whole story of Abraham, you discover that he lived to be 175. He was 75 years old when God called him, and he was 175 when he died. That meant he gave God an entire century of his life. He walked with God for 100 years. How many of you would like to walk with God for 100 years? Well, guess what? You can walk with God for all eternity. And, and the thing about Abraham that we discover is that walking with God is not just about walking with God in pieces of our life. But it's about walking with God for our whole life. And God says to Abraham, walk with me and be blameless. And if you read the rest of the chapter, you discover that God made a covenant with Abraham. And so here's what I want you to take away from Abraham is that when you walk with God, you walk in covenant with God. God has made a covenant with you by faith through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That covenant is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That covenant is, I'll never bring up your past or your sin and use it against you in your future. Say amen, somebody. How many of you like the terms of that covenant? It's a covenant that says, you don't have to earn my love. You don't have to earn my grace or my favor. I have given it to you as a free gift. And you received it by putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's called the new covenant. Are you in the new covenant? covenant this morning then guess what as you walk with God you're walking in covenant with God you're walking in a contract a legal partnership with God and so the the idea of walking with God is an ancient idea that begins all the way back with Adam and it continues to this very day and we saw that Israel walked out of Egypt with God and they walked into the promised land with God they just walked into the blessings of God. They walked into the promises of God. And when they entered into the promised land, they came up against the city of Jericho. Jericho was a fortified city, 
Its gates were tightly locked. There was no way in and there was no way out. Its walls were high. Its walls were thick. There was no way to penetrate that place. And yet that city belonged to Israel by the promise of God. And so God gave Joshua an instruction. He said, tell the people, he was talking about the, the men of war, to follow the Ark of the Covenant and walk around the city of Jericho once a day for six days. On the seventh day, you're going to walk around Jericho seven times. Now, anybody in here who has ever seen any kind of military uh, exercise or even an action movie knows that you don't win cities by walking around them. You cannot erode the power of Jericho. And yet God's instruction to them was to do what? Walk. Everybody say walk. They're going to walk around that city. They're going to walk into their victory. They're going to walk into their blessing. What else did he tell Joshua? He said, walk and don't talk. I always wonder, why did God tell him not to talk? Well, I think there's two reasons for that. Number one is because for the world, the thing that matters is not what you say, but it's what you do. Say amen, somebody. Your testimony is more important than what you say. If you have a great talk, but not a great walk, it's going to be evident. Your walk has to be greater than your talk. Say amen, somebody. I also believe God told them don't talk because he knew that while they were walking around that city, that some of them will probably be saying, I don't think this is going to work. I don't really believe in this, in this Joshua character anymore. He's not only wasting our time, but he's setting us up for defeat. And so God put the whole nation on mute so that they would not speak against the thing he was trying to do in their life. Say amen, somebody. Because when, what God's wanting to do in your life right now, he's wanting to do with your faith. And if you start speaking doubt and unbelief, it's going to mitigate and slow down the progress of what God wants to do in your life. So guess what? If you don't have any faith, just be quiet. Put yourself on mute. Just say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to walk with you. Do you know they walked around that city? And when they had finished walking, they shouted. They raised up a, a war cry, a shout of praise to God, and the walls of Jericho fell down flat. They walked into victory. They didn't raise a finger. They didn't shoot an arrow. They didn't light a single cannon fire. They simply walked with God. Are you getting the picture this morning? It's a lot easier than many times we make it out to be. To just simply walk in faith and rest in God. Now this morning I want to take you through a word study of the word walk. Because now this word in the, in the Hebrew is very profound. It's a very uh, significant word. And I want us to look through this word to understand it so that we can understand what it means to walk with God. Now, in the Hebrew, the word that we're talking about is uh, the word halek, which literally uh, in its paleo meaning means this. Behold the shepherd's staff. I want you to say that with me. Behold the shepherd's staff. And you say, Pastor, what does the word walk have to do with the shepherd's staff? Well, when we talk about walk in the Bible, God is literally giving us a command. He's giving us an instruction to behold something. He's telling us, look at the shepherd's staff. Now, I brought a staff with me this morning. I use this when I walk. It's not, uh, I like to take hikes, and so it's not a very big staff. Uh, probably the one Moses had was bigger than this. But I just want you to imagine, uh, don't worry, it's not going to turn into a snake this morning. 
All right, but I just want you to imagine that uh, Moses is walking through the wilderness one day, and he meets God in a burning bush, and God says to him, what's that in your hand? And he says, I have a staff in my hand. And he says, uh, uh, God says, throw it down. When he threw it down, the, the staff became a snake. And then God said, pick it up by the tail. And Moses picked it up by the tail, and it became a staff again. And from that moment on, when you read Exodus, it talks about the staff of God. It was no longer Moses' staff, but it was now the staff of God. How did Israel walk out of Egypt uh, into their victory? Six of the, of the ten plagues that came upon e Egypt were caused by the staff. Okay, I want you to do a little study of that. If you have time this week, just go by your Bible and see every way that God used the staff to deliver Israel out of Egypt. And then when they came up against the Red Sea, they, uh, they were panicking because they thought God brought them out there to kill them and drown them in the sea. And the Lord said to Moses, raise up your staff. And tell the people to go forward. When Moses, the man of God, raised up his staff, a wind came and parted the Red Sea before the people. And the people walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. Say amen, somebody. Say, behold the staff. You see, to walk with God literally means that we behold the staff. It means, first of all, that our eye is on the shepherd. Our eye... For guidance, our eye for deliverance is on God. Say amen, somebody. We put our eyes on the shepherd. What does the Bible say? Psalm 23, you all know it by memory. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me to green pastures. What is the psalmist saying there? He's saying God is the shepherd of my life. He is the one whose staff is guiding me. Listen, do you want green pastures in your life? Do you want quiet waters in your life? Then you have to behold the staff. Keep your eye on God. Keep your eye on the shepherd because he's the one that knows where the green pastures are. He's the one that knows the destiny that he has for your life. The psalmist says he leads me into green pastures and quiet Waters. This is the shepherd's doing. Now there are a lot of staffs you can behold. There's the staff of Buddha. There's the staff of Muhammad. There's the staff of Mary. There's the staff of Abraham. There's even Pastor Isaac's staff. But none of these staffs can lead you to green pastures. There is only one staff that can lead you to green pastures. It is the shepherd's staff, the, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and the good shepherd. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about Jesus, the shepherd of your soul. What else does the Bible say? It says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, you guys are a good church. You know your Bible. I will fear no evil. Now think about that. You might go through some valleys in your life. The valley of financial lack. You might go through the valley of relationship lack. You might go through the valley of physical sickness. But there is no valley deeper or darker than death. And yet he says to you, though, David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You see what David is saying? He said, I don't fear evil and I don't fear death because the staff of God comforts me. There is a staff in the shepherd's hand. That means he has power, he has authority, and he has a plan for my life. Say amen, somebody. Your, staff, your shepherd's staff is leading you to quiet waters. He's leading you through to peace and security. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Sometimes... God has to use his rod like a shepherd would to kind of tell the sheep, no, 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 stay over there, stay over there. You ever had God do that? A little poke? Because we need it sometimes. We need some correction. He says, your rod comforts me. It keeps me safe. It keeps me pure. It keeps me in the right place. But the word that we're talking about, the word uh, Staff, the word walk also means that this shepherd's staff not only, not only comforts me, it covers me. I walk under the coverage of the shepherd. His hand covers my life. Listen, every step you've taken with God, you've taken under the shepherd's staff. That means that anything that has to get to you has to get through him first. Say amen, somebody. And his staff is covering you. He is guarding your life. This morning I want you to realize there is a staff above you. It is a staff of power. It is a staff of authority. It is a staff of grace. It is a staff of mercy. Hell can't touch you. Satan can't touch you. Because you are under the shepherd's staff. Come on somebody. You are covered by the almighty God. Tell your neighbor he's got you covered. Isn't that good news? Say it again, he's got me covered. When you go into a place that is dark, when you go into a, a season of your life that is unknown, when you go into a, a new job, when you go to a new school, when you go to take that test, just know this, he's got me covered. I can't go anywhere that he doesn't have the power to cover me and to give me his grace. Come on, somebody. He's got you covered this morning. And you know I get excited when I think about it because I'm here this morning because he's had me covered. I'm not just talking about he's going to cover me in the future. I'm talking about every step of the journey. The staff of the almighty God has covered me and he's covered you. Come on somebody. It's his grace that has covered you. John Newton said his grace has brought me safe thus far. And his grace will lead me home. And he's not just bringing you this far. He's got you covered for all of life. Not only has he got you covered, but the, the word also implies that he is carrying you. You realize you are being carried by the almighty God? The Bible says that uh, it, we, the eternal God is a dwelling place, and underneath us are his everlasting arms. I want you to just imagine you're being carried by God this morning, like a newborn baby being carried by his mama. God says, I've got you in my arms. Some days he gives a little poke, right? Stay over there, stay over there. And some days he just embraces you and wipes away the tears from your eyes and comforts your soul and lets you know you're not walking alone. You are being carried by God. Say that with me this morning. I'm being carried by God. You big baby. Say it again. I'm being carried by God. Oh, friend, there's no place to be than to be in the arms of the Almighty God. Our God is an eternal dwelling place.
grace. And underneath are his everlasting arms. The earth can shake. The economy can, tr- can crumble. The world around you can fall. But there is an arm that carries you that is greater than this world or all the gods of this world. The shepherd's staff, it comforts, it covers, it carries. Why are you worried then? You don't have to worry. Because he's got you covered. The staff does one more thing. It opens up new pastures. It allows. It makes a way. The staff of God makes a way in your life. It parts the difficulties in your life. If you'll walk with God, you'll discover that God makes a way. The door you're trying to push open, God will Simply let you walk through it when you walk with him. Say amen, somebody. Now, the word walk goes a little deeper because every time we read the word walk in the Old Testament, we're reading a word that implies intimacy, relationship. I know all of you like to exercise and work out, so this will not be an analogy you will not understand. But if you ever go out to the track to walk or to run, sometimes... Uh, you will be walking beside or running beside somebody else. And they've got their their earbuds in. They're listening to whatever they're listening to, and you're listening to what you're listening to. And you might be walking next to them, but you're not walking with them. There's no fellowship. There's no communion. There's no relationship. This is not what the word means. It's not just I'm going to take a walk. This This word means that we are in intimate relationship with God. We are walking beside the Lord. There's there's a communication. There's talking. There's listening. There's relating. There's learning. There's improving. There's growing. All of these things take place in the intimacy of walking with God. And can I just tell you, friend, when you walk with God, you're walking with someone who knows the way. Not only does he know the way, but he's already been down this road. He's not telling you something that he hopes will work. He is leading you because he knows what to do in your life. Say amen, somebody. There is no place you can go where Jesus has not already been before you. He's already been through the the, uh, attacks of the enemy. He's already been through the tempter's snare. He's already been through cancer and diabetes. He's already been through death in the grave itself. And he's emerged victorious. And so he knows the way. Come on, somebody. And he is walking with you. And the one who walks with you has been down that road. You say, my life is different. My life is unique. It is. But God's already been down that path. When I started uh, directing the Bible Institute several years ago, about 12 years ago, our first summer, uh, it was a very big success. The Lord blessed it. And people would say to me, Pastor Isaac, you did such a great job. And they pat me on the back because I was a 26-year-old young man. And, uh, And I didn't let them know that I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just making it up as I went along. I just thought, I hope they don't find out. I'm just making this up as I go along. The students would come and say, what are we going to do about this? I'll just make it up. Well, do you know God's not making it up as he goes along? Say amen, somebody. God's not making it up as he goes along. He knows the way. As you walk with him in intimacy with him, you find that every twist and turn of life, he's been there. And because he's been there, he knows how to preserve you through it. He knows how to bring you through victorious onto the other side. So I encourage you this morning, walk with God that you might know him. 
You see, the invitation to walk with God, what a great and glorious invitation to come to know the Lord, to come to know his ways, to, to know his voice, to know his presence. How many of you can tell when you walk in the room and the Spirit of God is in the room? When you, hear, when you hear a word and you know that came from the Lord. When there's a song being sung and you realize God is on this. God's speaking to me right now. Oh, there's no walk like walking with God. The beauty of it is, friend, that when we walk with each other, we get each other's habits, usually the bad ones. But when you walk with God, he gets none of your habits and you get all of his. Send somebody. When you walk with God, you become generous. When you walk with God, you become loving. When you come, walk with God, you become patient. When you walk with God, you become humble. Come on, somebody. When you walk with God, he shapes you in that intimacy of relationship with him. The next thing the word means, it means go on going. Everybody say that with me. Go on going. That means keep going. The word walk with God doesn't just mean I'm going to walk with God for a week. Ever started a diet? First week is easy peasy, right? I can do without tacos for a week. But it's not about walking with God for a week, is it? It's about walking and keeping on walking. I walk with God when I'm feeling good. I'm walking with God when I'm not feeling good. When things are going my way, I walk with God. When things are not going my way, I'm still walking with God. Say amen, somebody. I walk and keep on walking. I keep going. I keep going forward. Because the move of God is always a forward move. And to walk and keep on walking means that you, as you walk with God, you receive endurance for the race. Abraham walked with God a hundred years. Imagine that. To be able to walk with God an entire century. And you go through so many peaks and valleys in a hundred years. You go through a lot of peaks and valleys in one year. And let me tell you, friend, God's inviting you to walk with him and to keep walking. Maybe this morning you're saying, you know, I don't even know if I can, if I want to keep walking. I don't know if I want to keep doing this, this church thing. I don't know if I want to keep doing this Christianity thing. You can say that, friend. You might even try to walk away, but God's in covenant with you. So by the time you get to the door, he's going to say, wait a minute, where are you going? You belong to me. And he's going to say, come on, we got to keep on walking. This thing isn't over. Someone, somebody get excited this morning. It's not over. Your life's not over. Your ministry's not over. You may have hit a, pit ho a pothole. You may have had some pitfalls. You may have come under attack. But he says, walk and keep on walking. Don't stop here. Don't give up. Don't quit. There is more for you ahead than there is behind you. Come on, somebody. God is telling you this morning, don't park here. Don't park here. You have more to do. You have more to see. You have more to go. Walk and keep on walking means that we face the adversities of life knowing that God is in every step. God is with us for every step of the mile and every mile of the journey. And finally, the word walk means to flow. This is a very interesting word. The first time in the Bible that the word halek is used, it's used in relation to a river. Now, you say, Pastor, I thought we were talking about walking, and we are, but when God uses the word for the first time in the Bible, and that's always important when God uses a word for the first time, you want to pay attention. Well, he uses the first time in the Bible the word to describe the river flowing out of the, of the Garden of Eden. I want you to just think about this. To walk with God means that you and I flow 
with God. Say, flow in the Spirit. You know, a river doesn't ask for permission. You realize that? The Bible describes God like a river. God's not a pond. It's not a puddle. Ponds and puddles get stagnant. They get stinky. They get stuck. God is a river. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The Spirit of God is a flowing river. He's always moving forward. Rivers never move back. They always move forward. God is moving forward, and you and I need to keep pace with God. you got to flow with Him. That's why we, we use the term in, in, in Christian language and in ministry, flow in the Spirit or get in the Spirit. We're talking about entering into the flow of God. You see, friend, here's the, here's the truth. Reality is many Christians want God to walk with them. God, walk with me. I'm taking a, I'm taking a new job. I need you to walk with me. I'm going to start a new career. I need you to walk with me. I'm going to buy a new house. I need you to walk with me. God said, wait a minute. I didn't call me to walk with you. I called you to walk with me. That means I get into his flow. Into his move. Where is God going? Where is God moving? And I want to encourage you to walk in the spirit and flow in the spirit all the days of your life. Now that doesn't mean you walk through H-E-B speaking in tongues in the middle of the beans and rice aisle. That just means that you are, you are listening to God. And when you hear him say, go pray for that person, you go pray for them. When you hear him say, give this offering, you give it. You flow with him as he is working in the ministry of this church. Many times we'll be here in the service, the spirit of God will begin to move. And, and somebody will be getting blessed. And you say, well, that wasn't for me, so I don't need to get involved in that. And you can flow in the spirit right where you are. Because the river of God has a, a flow in every generation. God has a work in every generation. And I want to be sure that Kingsway Church is always in the flow of God. In the flow of God for this moment, for this year, for this opportunity. Not last year's flow. Not 70 years, years ago flow. I want to know where is God now? What's God doing now? I want to be in the middle of what God is doing. Because when you get into the flow of the Spirit of God, you realize that when you get into what God is blessing, you will find the blessing of God. Quit trying to get God to bless what you're doing and go and bless what God is doing and you'll see breakthrough in every area of your life. Come on somebody. You ought to get excited about it because God is saying, I want you to get in the river. I want you to flow with me. Sometimes it's a quiet little stream. Sometimes it's a rushing, roaring move of God. But God's always at work. He's telling you, come and flow with me. Just let me lead you. Let me guide you. Let my pace be your pace. If I say no, then it's no. If I say yes, then it's yes. If I say go, then you go. If I say wait, then you wait. Just go with me. Flow with me. Keep step with God. Keep step with God in every area and as as aspect and facet of your life. Because I don't want you to miss anything that God is doing in your, in your years. 
And that should be your desire, your prayer. To say, God, I don't want to miss anything that you're doing in my generation, in my life. Because I got out of the flow. Or because I didn't learn, learn to flow in the spirit. To learn to just go with you. To walk with you. Sometimes as the elders and I gather to pray. I've, I've told them on a couple of occasions. We're just going to listen to God. And we're going to, whoever's name he puts in our heart, that's who we're going to pray for. And we just flow in the spirit. We let the spirit of God guide our prayers. Many times a worship team, they'll have a song set list ready to go. And then the spirit of God will just move in a different direction. And sing a song that wasn't rehearsed, wasn't practiced. But you move where the spirit of God is moving. Or you're going to miss it. Say amen somebody. And this morning, he's inviting you, Kingsway Church, to enter into the flow, to come into the river. He says, come into the river, and the river will flow through you. And you'll see that this river is a river of power, a river that brings deliverance, a river that produces miracles, a river that sets captives free, a river that brings peace to troubled places. You are that place. You are that source that God wants to use in the lives of the people of Beeville and of the Coastal Bend region to bring the flow of God to every nook and cranny of our world. Are you walking with God this morning? Let the river flow. I said, let the river flow. Some people, when, when the presence of God starts falling on the house of God like rain, they pull out their umbrella. Not me, Lord, not today, not now. I don't want my makeup to run. I'm a man and men don't cry. God says, put down your umbrella and get in the river. Get in the flow. Let me move in your heart. Let me touch your life. Let me straighten out the crooked places of your life. Get in the flow as you walk with God. Because God has a plan and a purpose in this generation and you are part of that plan. This morning I want to encourage you to say, God, flow through me. Say that with me this morning. Flow through me. Say it again. Holy Spirit, flow through me. Oh, God, we need you this morning. Kingsway Church needs you. Beville needs you. America needs you. And we say with open hearts, oh, God, flow through me. Flow through us. So, oh God, remove the stony places. Remove every hindrance. Remove every word of doubt, every anxiety, every fear, and flow through us. This morning, God says, behold the staff. Walk with God. Let the Spirit of God flow through you until he brings deliverance to everything you touch. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to invite you to come into this altar, every single person in here, and just say, God, flow through me. I want my life to have the testimony that I walk with God. I want my life to have the evidence that the Spirit of God is flowing through my life. Come on, behold the staff this morning. Lift up your eyes and look and see that there is a shepherd leading you to a stream, a stream of eternal life.